This is Ham College, Episode 82, for October 31st, 2021. This episode of Ham College is brought to you by ICOM, perfect for staying in or venturing out to work your favorite bands this winter season. Spice up your ham shack with ICOM's portable IC705. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And say hello to my little friend. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, I guess it's a Halloween episode here. Yeah, it is. Uh, Halloween's, when is Halloween? Sunday? Kids will yeah. probably trick or treat tomorrow night, though, I imagine. Yeah, and we don't have any candy yet, so. Are you going to be that guy that turns the lights off? No, my wife said she would turn them off. No, <laughs> I, I hope <laughs> Hope we get something tomorrow. So, uh, anyway, we've got some. You can give them some resistors or capacitors or something like that when they come by. Yeah, I could do that. They might thank you for it one day. Well, you notice we've got on the sweatshirts tonight. That's because it's been unseasonably cool here in Mississippi. It really has. It's frigid. It's, it's been down in the fifties. It is, yeah. I may have to warm up my tea here a little bit. Oh, yeah. Here, I can help you. Oh? A little, little bit of this alcohol-based sanitizer will warm you right up, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the way it tasted last time. Anyway, uh, yeah, I wouldn't drink that stuff. No. Ooh. Bad. Um, kind of like the joke. Bad. Even worse. Yeah. <laughs> what did we talk about on the last show? You know, that's a darn good question. I can't see the sheet over there for it. See, it looks like it was um, electrical noise suppression, interference uh, on system noise, electrical appliance noise, line noise, locating noise, sources, DSP noise reduction, noise blankers, grounding for signals. And common mode current. So it was a lot of, it was a pretty noisy episode. Yeah, you know, it just came to me right when you started saying that, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, when you found the right spot on the sheet there. Yeah, pretty much. Well, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, I do happen to know that one. Resonance in Q, characteristics of resonant circuits, series and parallel resonance, definitions and effects of Q, half power bandwidth, Phase relationships in reactive circuits. And I'm going to go ahead and disclaim this one right now before we even get started. I'm going to go ahead and start with the excuses. Well, this won't be any different than any other episode. No, no. Well, they're found. They're really founded this time. Well, this is tough, man, because yeah. I, I, I like I said before, I don't study these just so it's more interesting. Well, this should be very interesting because... I, I don't think I really know much of this. I I got some ideas on a few of them, but a lot of it's I don't remember much of it from studying from my test before. Yeah. Well, you know, anytime we're doing a show live, we've got something else going on at the same time. You want to tell us about it? Yep. We've got the chat going, um, amateurlogic.tv forward slash chat. But if you're watching the live stream, you're in YouTube, and we're just using the YouTube chat now, so... Going to take you to the same place. So pop out the chat and uh, follow along with us. Yep. If you don't, you're missing half the fun. True. And we're going to be we're going to be grading the test tonight. Now we're not going to tell anybody who who made what score, but we're watching. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, you know. Yeah, I can't hardly see mine from the microphone in front of me, so I really need the uh, the help this evening, I'm sure. Yeah. Sometimes it's, mo- most of the time it's a help, sometimes not so much. Sometimes. <laughs> that goes both ways, though. 
Well, if I get it wrong and everybody else gets it wrong, too, I don't feel quite so bad. True. Well, you let's do the corn toss. Call it. I caught it with this hand. Flipped, flipped it with this one. Heads. Heads. I, I chose tails. Okay. So I guess I get the first question. Yeah, you. well, you asked me the first one since I, I lost. Okay. What can cause the voltage across reactances in the series RLC circuit to be higher than the voltage applied to the entire circuit? A, resonance. B, capacitance. C, conductance. D, resistance. What can cause the voltage across reactances in a series RLC circuit to be higher than the voltage applied to the entire circuit? You know, that almost sounds impossible, doesn't it? It it does. Uh, But it's not. There is an answer for it. Well, I'll start at the bottom there. D, resistance. That can't be it because we know if we run something through resistance, it's going to lower the voltage. So it can't be that. Conductance. Um, no, that's how well something conducts, but still won't. Won't make a voltage any stronger. Capacitance, no. I mean, if anything, you know, it might attenuate a signal a little bit. Wouldn't boost it. But A, resonance. I'm going to go with that. Okay. What do you think, Dean? Yeah, I'll go with that. Well, those in the chat room... Since everybody else in the chat room did too, yeah, I feel I feel okay about this one. There it is, resonance. What is a series RLC circuit? It's an inductor, a capacitor, and a resistor, all in series. To the next question, and I will ask you this one. Okay, what is resonance in an LC or RLC circuit is it A the highest frequency that will pass current B the lowest frequency that will pass current C the frequency at which the capacitive reactance equals the inductive reactance or D the frequency at which the reactive impedance equals the resistive impedance What is resonance resonance I don't think that's going to be A or B, because I think it's going to be one of those that are equal. And I honestly don't know this stuff, so it's going to be a pure guess. But I've gotten lucky on a few of the guesses in the past, So, but just by working it out or trying. So the frequency at which capacitive reactance equals inductive reactance. Or the frequency at which reactive impedance. I'm going to go with C. Okay. Capacitive, uh, the frequency at which capacitive reactance equals the inductive reactance. Yeah, luck's on your side tonight so far. That's what everyone in the chat room says. It's probably going to be the only one. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Resonance. You know, a resistor won't have anything to do with resonance, so any of them that say something about the resistor are wrong. And, well, it's it's the one you chose there. It's when the capacitive reactance and the inductive reactance are the same. So if they're both at the same level, they're canceling each other out. Irv says we're all wrong, and it's E. E. I think he must be onto something. Let's see. I There's not a button to scroll down any further, so I don't know. What is the magnitude of the impedance of a series RLC circuit at resonance? A, high as compared to the circuit resistance. B, approximately equal to capacitive reactance. 
C, approximately equal to inductive reactance. Or D, approximately equal to circuit resistance. What is the magnitude of the impedance of a series RLC circuit at resonance? So magnitude, what they mean there is, uh, well, impedance is measured in ohms. So how high or, or how much, how many ohms would be the magnitude? A, high as compared to circuit resistance. No, because the resistance is not really going to affect the resonance of the impedance. Uh, B, series. approximately equal to capacitive reactance. No, capacitor and inductor <laughs> are, are both, um, you know, they have reactance to them when you feed AC into them. So they both have an effect. I'm going to say D, approximately equal to circuit resistance because, like we said a moment ago, to be at resonance, your capacitive and inductive reactants are going to be the same, and they're going to cancel each other out. So they're not... Uh, they're not going to be affecting the impedance because we're getting zero impedance from the combination of the inductor and the capacitor. So we'll only be seeing the uh, impedance or the ohms from the resistor. So I'm going to say D. Chat room, a uh, little mixed on that one. Let's see. That's okay. I'm a little mixed on it too. So, yeah. what what were you thinking, or were you? No, I I don't I really didn't know. I was just waiting to see. Okay. What is the magnitude of the impedance of a parallel RLC circuit at resonance? Is it a approximately equal to circuit resistance? B approximately equal to inductive reactance. C low compared to the circuit resistance. Or D high compared to the circuit resistance. What is the What is the magnitude of the impedance? Just because it says it resonates, I'm gonna think it's gonna be A or B. The last one it was due to the resistance. Well, I'm tempted to say A, but this got to be wrong because this one says parallel. Wasn't the last one in this? Last one was series. That's what I thought. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with B. I'm guessing honestly, and let's see what's in. Well, if it helps, uh, there's you. not a whole lot going on in the chat room yeah. either. So they're a little mixed on it too. Yeah, so I'm I'm going with that. Just process of elimination and guess some heavy duty guesswork here. Okay. Well, that gives us the first buzzer for tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> that won't be the last one, I'm sure. This stuff, I really wish for once out of all these three test question pools that I would have studied for this one. For this one, this one is tough. Yeah, well, it is, and I'll be honest. I actually did a little studying back at the first of the week because I knew we were going to have to do some explaining tonight. We're talking about a series RLC circuit. Well, that's the one on top. A parallel RLC, well, that's uh, lower left. And I didn't draw the two lines where you connect, but you connect across the bar at the top and the one at the bottom. Those elements are in parallel then. At resonance, the X sub L, that means the inductive reactance equals the capacitive reactance. So it doesn't matter if it's a series or a parallel RLC circuit. Uh, my first instinct should have been. Yeah, it it's um, the same thing I said on the question with the series one, when the X sub L and the X sub C are inductive and capacitive reactants, they will be equal at resonance, and they cancel each other out. The inductive reactance is positive. So let's say I had an inductor, and it had one hundred ohms. Of reactants, that would be positive reactants. 
if I had a capacitor in there that had 100 ohms of reactance, it would be a negative reactance. And so, you know, plus 100, add that to minus 100, you got a big zero. So Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. The two are canceling each other out. So all you're really going to be seeing there is a resistance. That's interesting. Got any Tylenol? You know, we've got plenty of hand sanitizer over here. You (laughs) may want some before the night's out. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad. All right, moving right along here. What is the result of increasing the Q of an impedance matching circuit? A, the matching bandwidth is decreased. B, matching bandwidth is increased. C, matching range is increased. Or D, it has no effect on impedance matching. What is the result of increasing the Q of an impedance matching circuit? And I actually remembered this from the old college days uh-huh. or the new college days, either either way. Uh, the Q is, well... Maybe I won't say what it is because I think it's coming up on well, maybe the next question or so. But, the well, the Q is basically the quality of the circuit. Mm-hmm. I already knew that. Yeah. So it's going to be how tight the bandwidth is. Uh, and an impedance matching circuit there, if we increase the Q, that's going to mean that our bandwidth is going to get narrower. And so that circuit is going to be better at, you know, right at resonance. But as we move away from resonance, it rolls off real quick. In other words, you know, it's not passing as much signal. So I'm going to say if we increase the Q, the matching bandwidth is going to decrease. Yeah, I think you're right, because I think this is the one I actually felt like I actually had somewhat of a clue on, somewhat. Yeah. All right. Uh, this was the only one out of the whole set, probably. Uh, maybe not the uh, only maybe one. Maybe not. But I'm just kidding. But hey. I, did, I did have a somewhat of an understanding of this part. Chat room is saying A. Must be A. 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 Yeah, Mike said that. Yep. Okay, you ready for another one? I'm as ready as I'm going to get. Okay, now this one may sting a little bit. I don't doubt that. What is the magnitude of the circulating current within the components of a parallel LC circuit at resonance? A, it's at minimum. Yeah, I already feel it. (laughs) B, it's at a maximum. C, it's equal to one divided by the quali- quantity two times pi multiplied by the square root of inductance, L, multiplied by capacitance. Oof. D, it equals two multiplied by pi multiplied by frequency multiplied by inductance. I don't think that it might be, but I don't think either C or D are right. What is the magnitude of circulating current within the components of a parallel LC circuit at resonance? At resonance, magnitude of the circulating current. Everybody knows it's A at its maximum. I'm sorry, B. <laughs> I got my my context not in right. I'm having a little bit of a hard time. If you see me blinking, it's not working. Everybody knows it's A, so I'm going to say B. Is that what you say? Yeah, it's B. I'm going with B. B. And I'm going to fix my contact next time the screen changes. Okay. I'll go along with you on that, and the chat room is B. Here, you, you deserve one of these on that one right there. So, You're not going to uh, put some of that on your hand now? Well, <laughs> wipe your knuckles. <laughs> I've only got like three quarters of a gallon left. So. <laughs> yeah, but there's another one over here. Well, true. 
a parallel RLC circuit and the circulating current. That means the current, you see where the red circle and arrows are there? That means when it's at resonance, or even when it's not at resonance, the current's going to be circulating between the inductor and the capacitor there because one is swinging with a negative reactance, the other with a positive reactance. So the the two are working on counseling each other out. So circulating current means a current that's running around right there in that circuit. Would you concur? Uh, yes. Good enough. All right. Well, then... What, uh, what kind of circuit would something like that be used in? I keep thinking about one of those DC to DC boost converters. Uh, normally, I'm not sure the resistor would be there. Be used in filters a lot. Be used in radios, uh, possibly audio amplifiers. Um, yeah, I mean it's filters. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, mostly filters. I was looking for an answer from the chat room, and they're not coming to my rescue on that one. But, yeah, you you could see them in some buck boost type of situations as well. All right, so you answered that one. What is the magnitude of the current at the input of a parallel RLC circuit at resonance? A, minimum. B, Maximum. C, R slash L, which I'm assuming is right to left. That's uh, R over L. R over L. Okay. R divided by L. Oh, I see. Okay. R over L. R D, L divided by R. What is the magnitude of the current at the input of the parallel RLC circuit at resonance? Go back and look at that circuit one time. That's a parallel RLC circuit. And the question was, What's the what magnitude? is the magnitude of the current? At the input. Oh. So we know that the circulating current, because you just gave us the answer on that, the circulating current is going to be at maximum mm-hmm. going around a circle there between the inductor and capacitor. This is a trick question. Because you would think, well, that current is high, then the current at the input has got to be high. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm glad I didn't get this question. But Because what you're saying is probably wrong. I think, yeah, I know it's not C or D. It's, uh, I think it's A, Minimum. Chat okay. room is saying A. Okay, so it's increased kind of like that first question we had. Yeah. About how can it be more than the input? Yeah, this is this is real tricky. Now, I'm, I don't want to say too much about it because there are other questions coming up. That's why I'm trying to just fish it out of you right there. <laughs> Come on, take the bait, man. Let's let's see if I was right. Yeah. It's at minimum. Let's just back up and look at that again. You would think if the circulating current was at maximum, there'd have to be more current. It'd have to be fed at maximum, too. But that must be increasing. The circuit's increasing it, so it's higher than the input, like ah, that first question. You are on to something there because... The capacitive reactants and the inductive reactants are trying to cancel each other out. So they're going to be at maximum current because they're equal. So they're going to be slinging as much current at each other trying to win the battle. And so in this type of circuit, the current circulating between those two elements is going to be at maximum when they're at resonance. That doesn't uh, really affect the input current or the current that's passing through that circuit. I don't know if I can if I'm explaining that correctly, I'm probably not. 
But that's two different currents we're talking about. Not exactly related to each other. I know how I can explain this now. Okay. The capacitor and inductor, if they're at resonance, they're going to cancel each other. The effect of their resistance is going to be nil. They're not going to change the current or increase the current. So in a parallel circuit, the only thing that's going to be passing current is going to be that resistor because the capacitor and inductor are canceling out each other. If they weren't at resonance, some current could be passing through them. But when they're equal and opposite, that circuit is not going to pass the current through those two elements. It'll only pass through the resistor. That's why the currents, at minimum, when they're resonant. It's, a, it's an interesting concept, though. I can, I can kind of see it in my head, but I, I want to do just a little bit more investigating on it. Yeah, well, I could yeah. think you could probably make some pretty cool experiments to prove this stuff out. You could. Uh, you could actually use a signal generator and a scope. Yeah, so I was just thinking about the scope. Yeah. So I might play around with some of that. Well, we could have done that, but uh, we didn't. Oh. Yeah, we no, can't argue with that. We didn't. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break right here because I need to load up some more questions, maybe top off a hand yeah. sanitizer here. Oh, yeah, you're getting a little, a little low. <laughs> All right, don't go away. We'll be right back. we got more questions. Spice up your ham shack with ICOM's IC705. This portable radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out and working your favorite bands this winter season. Happy Holidays from ICOM. The IC705 is the perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionalities at the tips of your fingers in a portable package, covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just under 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF bands and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 4.3-inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. 5 watts output with battery pack BP272 or 10 watts with external 13.8 volt DC. Single sideband CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions. Micro USB connector, Bluetooth, and wireless LAN connectivity. Integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger micro SD card slot, speaker microphone HM243 comes standard, and it supports QRP and QRPP operations. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional backpack. LC192 has a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or a day out in the wild. Our family of favorite ICOM amateur radios are available this holiday season. The IC9700, IC9300, and IC7610 base stations, ID52A handheld, coming soon, and the ID5100A mobile, and it's the most wonderful time of the year to give the gift of ICOM. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. Igor, go and get me what I crave. soda made with more natural orange flavor than ever before try shasta it's got the bright color the sweet smell and the great taste of oranges shasta it's the orange soda that can make anybody happy okay igor (laughs) (laughs) i remember that commercial do you yeah, because I think we've run it here before. I but, but I remember it when it aired. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these that we play on here, the intermission oh. ones, I remember. Oh, me too, yeah. 
A lot of these were out of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the 70s, TV was my life. Well, what do you say we give away something? Hey, well, hey, what about this? I found something pretty cool right here. It's actually oh, yeah? on the desk right in front of me. I found a pretty cool Icon ball cap and a really cool Icon ham crew t-shirt, similar to the one I wear sometimes. Wow, you'll look as good coming to the ham fest as you do when you leave, or vice versa. When you're carrying your new 705 home with this t-shirt on. Yeah. That you bought at the ham fest. Plus whatever else Jesse puts in the box, like we usually say. And so how would you win this, like we usually say? Well, like I usually tell you, uh, send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. You don't really need a call sign for this drawing. You just need an email address, and, and a name is nice to have as well. Yeah. And you can put a message in there, too, if you'd yeah. like. Yeah, we always like to read them. We just drew the winner right here, and he had a name and a call sign. That's Andy. And a message and an email address, apparently. George and Tommy, good to see you back. Ham College is making amateur accessible to many people in faraway places like Alaska and Montana, etc. Hope you had a good FD field day. Field day. Stay healthy, JKB0TS. Okay, Jay. Jesse will be putting together a prize package just for you. Yeah, congratulations. If if you didn't get drawn, uh, the queue gets cleared out every month, so send your entries in for next month's drawing. Yep. And I'm going to sit this over here out of the way for the moment. Okay. The last question I think I answered. So I've got a question. And hey, you for don't you. feel like doubling up, getting the next one? Nah. Don't wanna don't wanna be stingy. I'm pretty surprised there's only been one buzzer so far, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay, hit me. What is the phase relationship between the current through and the voltage across a series resonant circuit at resonance? Is it A, the voltage leads the current by ninety degrees? B, the current leads the voltage by 90 degrees. C, the voltage and current are in phase. Or D, the voltage and current are 180 degrees out of phase. The phase relationship between the current through and the voltage across. Through and across series resonance circuit at resonance. As I think it's going to probably be C that they're in phase because they're resonant. Chat room is saying C. And let me just say, there aren't a lot of people answering in there tonight because these are that's tough a, ones. Uh, but that's my guess. I, well, I started to take that route too, but I didn't know if it was an option for me to not answer at all. No. That's not an option. That would be the same as choosing the wrong answer. Yeah. So that's why I'm going with the C. It, it may be the wrong answer, but that's the one I think it is. I'm going to agree with you. It's C. And I happen to have a series circuit right here. Well, that's handy. And as we've been saying tonight, when... The inductive reactants and capacitive reactants are equal. They've got opposite signs, so they're canceling each other out. So it's more or less like the circuit doesn't really, you know, the the frequency you're putting in doesn't really see those elements because they're canceling each other out. Like like, uh, right here, I've put a short across that. To emphasize that, but that's not really correct. Shouldn't have put that short across there. Um, but they don't have an effect. So back to the question. If one of those 
if they were out of balance, if they weren't counseling each other out, there would be some phase shift between the current and the voltage in that circuit. But since they're equal of opposite signs, they're counseling each other out so they don't affect the phase. Okay. So the phase of the voltage and the current stays the same. Okay. Well, that's kind of not really how I was like, picturing it in my mind, but I got to the right answer. Yeah, well, you did, and that's what counts. Here's the Q if you got the A. How is the Q of an RLC parallel resonance circuit calculated? A, reactance of either the inductance or capacitance divided by the resistance. B, reactance of either the inductance or capacitance multiplied by the resistance. C, the resistance divided by the reactance of either the inductance or the capacitance. Or D, reactance of the inductance multiplied by the reactance of the capacitance. That's a lot of <laughs> sense in there, you know? What? The only thing is it should be the multiplied. Oh. <laughs> the multipliance. What did I say? No, you said it right. I'm just, it's funny. There's a lot of inches at the end of those yeah, for sure. it is. I would have been tempted to put it on the end of multiplied as well. Okay, I want to think about that, <laughs> this one. How is the Q of an RLC parallel circuit calculated? The Q. The quality of the circuit. I know... That resistance has effect on the Q. Mm-hmm. So, the only questions there that mention resistance are A and B. So, it's got to be one of those. And I believe it is A. Oh, wow. Resistance. Okay. I'm going to have to give you one of these for getting a buzzer, so I don't no, feel like the only guy, I man. Come I on. Can't, I, can't, I can't go that <laughs> route. Um, I missed resistance when I was looking at the answers there. And I was thinking it's R over X of L or X of C, but yeah, resistance I said the wrong thing. So. Of either the inductance or the Yeah. Oh. The resistance is on top. The way they're worded, you got to read them real close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see. And that's that's the answer I was looking for, but I didn't, somehow I didn't see it. So I said, I, but I was wrong. So there's your second buzzer tonight. It's a tie ball game. All right. Either team could win at this (laughs) point. There's a parallel RLC circuit. And the formula is Q equals R over either X of L or X of C. I mean, it was in my head, but I couldn't couldn't correlate it to the answers I was seeing there. Oh, well. You got to read all those, the question, everything very, very carefully because they're worded to trick you up. Okay. Well, let me try you with this one. Yeah. How is the Q... Of an RLC series resonance circuit calculated. A, reactance of either the inductance or capacitance divided by the resistance. B, reactance of either the inductance or capacitance multiplied by the resistance. C, resistance divided by the reactance of either the inductance or capacitance. Or D, reactance of the inductance multiplied by the reactance of the capacitance. Oh, man. My dog ate my homework, so I don't really have it. Ate mine, too. How is a Q of an RLC circuit series resonant circuit calculated? Series. A. I'm going with A. And your Just reasoning? Just because I think that might be it. <laughs> well, well I, keep, I keep thinking about the resistance. No way. Yep. Well, the resistance affects the Q. Uh-huh. All right. But 
It's just the opposite formula of what we had a moment ago. In a parallel circuit, Q equals R over X sub L or X sub C. In a series circuit, Q equals the inductive or capacitive reactance divided by resistance. So the X is on the top instead of on the bottom. You got your good one here. What is the half-power bandwidth of a resonant circuit that has a resonant frequency of 7.1 and a Q of 150? A, 157.8 hertz. B, 315.6 hertz. C, 47.3 kilohertz. R, D, 23.67 kilohertz. I'm going to have to pull out my calculator for this one. Is that allowed? Yeah, go ahead. As long as you tell me what what you're doing with the calculator. 7.1 megahertz. That's going to be 71000000 divided by the Q, which was 150. 47.33. Was that an option? Oh, I'm not sure. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to say it's C. 47.3. 47.3 kilohertz. So you're cheating off my paper over there. I saw you grab that pen. I'm just going to write down the formula. Yeah. In case another one comes up. <laughs> um, it might. 47.3 kilohertz. What is the half-power bandwidth of a resonant circuit that has a resonant frequency of 3.7 megahertz and a Q of 118? A, 436.6 kilohertz. B, 218.3 kilohertz. C, 31.4 kilohertz. Or D, 15.7 kilohertz. Do you want to use my calculator? You can go ahead and put it up there. You know the formula. Go ahead and punch it. No, you t- you tell me. Three seven zero 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 zero. I think divided by one one eight thirty one. Is that what it you was got? Still doing? Yeah, I don't look right. What are the options? What are the options? Those would be A, B, C, or D. Thirty one point four three five five. So rounds yeah. it up to four. Yep. I'm going to agree with you, and so does my calculator. The chat room? C. Yeah, they're saying it. C. They probably knew how to work the calculator already. That's a pretty sharp group, man. Yeah. Got you a good one right here. What is an effect of increasing Q in a series resonant circuit? Seems like we already did this one. A. Fewer components are needed for the same performance. B, parasitic effects are minimized. C, internal voltages increase. Or D, phase shift can become uncontrollable. What is the effect of increasing Q of a series resonance circuit? It's not fewer components are needed for the same performance. I got a, I got a hunch I know what this one is. What, what do you think? I think it's C. Yeah. Parasitic effects are minimized. That's not it. D, phase shift can become uncontrollable. Now phase shift is controllable. C, internal voltages increase. And this is in a series resonance circuit. Chat room? Yeah. I see some C's in there. I see some C's in there. Internal voltage increases. Yeah, that's the thing about a resonant circuit. It's when you get those two resonants, they actually will increase the voltage across yeah. them. You know, when it's like serious. a boost converter. Sort of, yeah. What is the resonant frequency of an RLC circuit if R is 22 ohms, L is 50 microhenries, and C is 40 picofarad. Is it A, 
22.7 megahertz. It just gets better and better, man. B, 22.36 megahertz. C, 3.56 megahertz. Or D, 1.78 megahertz. I don't see too many people answering in there either. They're not in a hurry. What is the resonant frequency RLC circuit? I have I don't really honestly don't have any idea on this one. Well, let me just say on this one, you're gonna have to know the formula. And I don't know it, so I'm gonna guess B. I don't know. You're gonna guess or would you like to see the formula? Well if you got the formula, that'd be great. Well you can't do it when you take the test, but just for you, you, you tonight only. Yeah, you might want to study the formula. There we go. Now, they didn't specify it was a series or a parallel circuit. You can knock out the resistance. You're not worried about the resistance because it's not affecting the frequency of the reactant. So we don't use that resistance in the formula at all. But the formula is the frequency of the reactants equals 1 over 2 pi times the square root of L times C. And you want to use my calculator again? Or are you just going to work it off the top of your head? Uh, I'm not doing it off the top of my head. It would be uh, L times C first, right? Okay. 50 microhenries times 40 picofarads. I'm not sure how you'd represent that. Well, I guess 50 times 40. 2,000. But let me just stop you right there and say that's not right. Okay. Go ahead and straighten me out then. All right. You've got to convert that 50 microhenries into henries and the 40 picofarads into farads. Milli, you know, is three places. Milli would be like yeah, 0.000. Mm-hmm. All right. Micro would be like six places. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say that what you'd want to put down is 0.0005 times, and to convert to picofarads. Do you know that off the top of your head, or do you want me to... Uh, Go ahead. Picofarads is 12 places, because the first three places are milli, the next three are micro, the next three are nano, and the fourth three are pico. So that's point... How many zeros you want? Uh, Ten, I guess. Point. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten zeros and a four and that equals a heap of zeros and a two would you would you agree with that assessment i'll buy that all right the square root of l times c get the square root of it i can't hardly see that from here clear out to memory i'm going to store that okay yeah you'll just have to take my word for it on that one yeah. I'll have to take my word for okay. it, too. All right. So now we need to do 2 pi, and then we're going to multiply that by the number we just came up with. Make sense? Mm-hmm. That will be 2 times pi, and what do you want to use for pi? 3.14. That's right. You're right. All right. And that's going to give us 2 pi is 6.28. And we're going to multiply that by what we had solved earlier. Still there. And that gives us... Holy moly, man. Yeah, this long number. Now, if you were doing this on a slide rule, let me just say, this would be tougher than it is right here. All right, so we've got everything on the bottom line. We've got 2 pi times the square root of... L times C. So we just need to get the reciprocal of that now. So 1 divided by everything we got so far. I'll clear out the memory and store this number. And now I'll clear this and I'll say 1 divided by, and we'll recall our memory. Uh, let's see if that's even one of the choices here as an answer. Back it was. 3.56C. So you're going to say it's C. And it is. How about that? Dang. That was a lot of ciphering and a lot of notes. And that's a lot of remembering how many places are those uh, picos and, and micros and all that stuff is. that That's where I kind of drew a blank on that. Yeah. Just remember the first three are milli. You can remember that. The next three 
is micro, and you can usually remember that. The next three, and here's the ones that I forget a lot, is nano, and then out to the 12th place is pico. Beyond that, it's uh, anybody's guess, as far as I'm concerned. I don't remember past that. Yeah, don't much matter, does it? That's pretty small values. Tiny, but it matters on the resonant frequency. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That was tough. So do you feel like um, just a real quick break? Yeah, I need to lay down and take a nap after that. (laughs) Around the 15th of each month, it's Amateur Radio's original and longest-running video podcast, AmateurLogic.tv, with hosts George Thomas, Tommy Martin, Emil Diodenay, and Mike Morneau. Roughly, here's what I have. The bottom trace here is ground. While the elements will jiggle some, they're actually not too bad. It's light. After putting it together, I decided to test everything, so I ran in 12 volts, and I'm measuring the output here. No, it's not too windy right now, Jim. It was yesterday. We're in the antenna switching matrix. Any one of our six broadcast transmitters could be connected to any of the 22 antennas. I personally am so thrilled that... George got the special award. Well deserved, my friend. That's really cool. What about the Super Bowl, Emil? Did you go to the Super Bowl, or were you at home uh, operating that night? Tuning my amplifier, and I lost power in the shack, and uh, went outside. The house lost power. (laughs) The whole neighborhood went out for about 30 minutes. I I don't know what happened. That explains a lot. Now, we can take this and put it over inside our box. It's flush to the bottom. If we were to rotate, we can see that thing goes all the way through, so we'll have a hole in the bottom. What ammunition do you use in there? Uh, Actually, you can use black powder. You can use um, (laughs) WD-40. You can use, you know, anything combustible. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to use the right quantity, and uh, we assume no responsibility for mishaps. (laughs) Here's what it looks like after I've got them all soldered together and heat shrinked up. Okay, let's give it a try and see how it worked out. So there you have it, the hula loop. No, you can't null out the dogs barking. I have two thin film solar cells to run this. Looks like a little mini weather satellite, actually. And uh, I'm using a guitar string for the antennas. I particularly like that last one there. $29.99, you can get a 50-foot garden hose extension cord combo. (laughs) Do not get cord wet. Now, most of these J-poles are built with metal elements of tubing. Uh, the reason I chose wire for this one is the length of this particular one. So I wanted to hang it from the tree so I can hoist it up there. Yeah. Go fishing. Well, we, we couldn't find the reel. Yeah. Is that what yeah. that is? All right, Tommy, sing the theme song here. I got a question for you. Which of the following increases Q for inductors and capacitors? A, lower losses. B, lower reactance. C, lower self-resonant frequency. Or D, higher self-resonant frequency. Which of the following increases Q for inductors and capacitors? Hmm. I'm just going to go straight for the kill on this one. Straight for the throat, huh? Yeah, we've talked about it earlier tonight that the lower resistance gives you a better Q, a higher Q. If you start adding resistance, the Q goes lower, means the bandwidth of the circuit gets wider. Mm-hmm. And lower losses would be the same as lower resistance because resistance is a loss. So I'm going to say it's A, lower losses. I'm just going straight for the throat on that one. Okay. Sometimes you just got to do that. And that's what they're saying over in the chat room there. Well, must be right then. Well, they're also saying someone take away the hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be a bad idea Let's either. Let's see. Yep. <laughs> Lower losses. <laughs> now That's, that's I, funny right there. I have a question just for you. Okay. No, you don't. Yes, I do. And I'm not... Um, you're you're going to tell me what numbers to punch in this time. Okay. And I smiled earlier. This was the this deck is was the reason. stacked. This I'm, is pretty reason sure, why. I'm pretty sure this was laid out like this the whole time. Hey, you tossed the coin. 
What is the resonant frequency of an RLC circuit if R is 33 ohms, L is 50 microhenries, and C is 10 picofarads? Is it A, 3.5 megahertz? B, 23.5 kilohertz. C, 7.12 kilohertz. Or D, 7.12 megahertz. Well, this is not happening again. Okay, so type in dot one, two, three, four uh, zeros and a five. Point oh, 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 five, okay. Times ten zeros and a one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and a one. Or 10 picofarads. You want to know what that equals? Yep. Way too many zeros. A heap of zeros. I'm not writing all them down. What do you say I save them for you? Okay, do that. All right, I'm going to put that over in the memory. Oh, we got to get the square root. Okay. So get the square root of that. Now save that 2 times pi. That was uh, 6.28. All right, 6. Two eight times the number we got over in the memory, the one we solved. Two pi times the square root of L times C times, and recall that memory, and that equals this number. And we'll clear out the memory and save this that one there. And then one divided by that one. Okay, one divided by. Recall the memory. I'll just write myself a program for this, man. Yeah, they won't let you take your computer in. That would be 7.1 megahertz. Yeah, there was a kilohertz and a megahertz, so it's going to be D, the one that's already it. highlighted yellow. Well, I mean, I I highlighted it once when you gave me the answer there. <laughs> Off screen? <laughs> I jumped ahead. There it is. I mean, you'd already answered. Okay. So. That's still kind of a little bit nasty, man. Yeah. Doing that with a pencil and piece of paper would would stink. They would let you use a slide rule in the old days. Hmm. You only really missed one, and I missed one. Yeah, course, I probably deserved to miss more than one. Well, yeah, you might, maybe so. I'm not going to argue with you, but I won't. I won't agree with you either. Um, they weren't just jumping all over the answers there in the chat room. Yeah, you know that too, did couple. you? They were tough, man. Now, that's just the way that one worked out, you know. I, that wasn't planned that you would come out with those two. I mean, you could memorize the formula. The formulas aren't that complicated. You just have to memorize them. Yeah. And that one, yeah. that's one you want to memorize because it's going to come up on your FCC exam and uh, the extra class exam more than once. So memorize that formula right there, and you should be good to go. I'm going to get a tattoo, kind of like Don Wilbanks has this PR-40. You're going to get two pi times the square (laughs) root. So I won't forget it. I I would say this is the toughest one out of uh, all three of the question pools that we've gone through. This is the toughest day. Because when I came in here, I, I fully expected to get buzzers for every single one of them. Well, you did a lot better than you thought. Well, not maybe not every one of them, but I thought there were going to be more than just one buzzer. Well, yeah, we were only going to ask you half the questions anyway, so that improved well, your odds. I was going to go ahead and take the buzzers for years, too, because I felt like I deserved them. <laughs> that, was, that was rough, man. That was. That was. Um, I can't wait to see what happens next month. No. Anything uh, we want to mention before we get out of here? Like, Yeah, uh, I got a few things. What if what if you liked this shirt? I'm gonna say it ended up being a little bit hotter in here than it I It's pretty toasty tonight. in here. I I think they're awesome shirts and I bet everybody that looks at them sees thinks they're awesome too. You can get one of them pretty kinda of like it here at shop.spreadshirt.com slash amateur logic. There's uh ham college sweatshirts, t shirts, caps, amateur logic stuff there. Uh lots lots of cool things, so go check that out. Christmas yeah. shopping season's coming up, and that's a great place to buy something for your ham friends. And and these shirts right here were custom designed by Mr. and Mrs. VE3MIC. Every Tuesday night, and this coming Tuesday night, it's uh, it's our turn. It's our turn at the helm. 
Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net. Uh, we started this net. It was actually Mike's suggestion. It was a great one. Um, we started this uh, 80 weeks ago. It's just been a big hit, and we're still going every week. We rotate net control operators and have a question to answer. We can get connected on almost any of the digital modes. So take a look at the list there, and, and hopefully we'll hear you. Every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central, or 0100 UTC, or when the time changes soon, I guess that'll go to 0... Two hundred UTC, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll update the graphics and uh, we send out a reminder every week about it. Kind of played around with the idea of not, but sometimes the list changes a little, so always keep a check on the list and see if there are any changes on it. Yeah, we're going to, have to come up with a question and a picture for what the heck is it? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, we uh, usually do one of the what the heck is it pictures. Um, send it out right before the net and. Uh, Somebody, you know, can take a guess at whatever the item is. It's it's kind of another way to add some fun to the net, and not just do uh, weather reports and stuff and like this that. This is There's a recent. Wrong with them. This is a recent. What the heck is it? Oh yeah, it's a little silver-plated cup, and without a bottom in it. Without a bottom in it, and the question was, what the heck is it? It was a darn good question, yeah. too. And the answer was a whiskey cup. Now, you would think, well, with a hole in the bottom of it, you'd have a hard time keeping the whiskey in it. But this was used, and as a matter of fact, I did a a presentation for the San Francisco Society of Broadcast Engineers Wednesday. And I pulled this out at the very end and asked if anyone knew what it was. A guy popped right up and said, yeah, it's a whiskey cup, and it's used to transition between 50-ohm and 51.5-ohm transmission line. Oh, no. It's a rigid transmission line. Awesome. And that's what it is because the size of the, the center conductor of those two pieces of rigid are different widths. And slip that up on there, and it makes it just the right size to like adapt to bushing, sort of. Yeah, a bushing, sort of. Yeah, a bushing. Awesome. So, they're not always that tough, but usually what the heck is it? It's going to be something a little oddball. I mean, we don't pick out the the easiest stuff we yeah. can come up with. But it's fun to hear some of the uh, the colorful answers, too. Some of them are quite uh, imaginative, so it kind of uh, adds another fun dimension to the net. Most of the time, the um, the wrong answers are more fun. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, definitely. And Absolutely. Certainly a lot more of them. It's it's interesting to hear what it is, but the wrong answers there really are the kind of what kind of keeps it going for me. Yeah. And also throughout the month, you can check on what's going on <laughs> in the Ham College Society. All our social presences. Yep, yep. We're on uh, Facebook still. Facebook dot com forward slash groups forward slash Ham College. You can follow us on Twitter at Ham College or at Amateur Logic. We're on MeWe dot com uh, slash join slash Ham College. Or groups.io slash g slash amateur logic. And if you want to check out the show notes and see what we talked about in each episode, you can get the details, amateurlogic.tv slash wiki, and any links that we might have mentioned, uh, which we didn't mention any tonight, but they'll be listed in there as well. Yep. So, uh, I don't know. You want you want to go through... Uh, Another hour and a half worth of questions tonight, or you think maybe we ought to? I think, give I've, up? I think I'm good for tonight. Uh, let's do it next month. There you go. Sounds like a good idea to me. That's all the Halloween uh, questions I can do tonight. Yep. And the hand sanitizer. Don't drink that, or you end up like my little friend over here. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was kind of a joke. So yeah. don't don't drink the hand sanitizer. It should right. go without saying, but. We're saying. Well, thanks for watching. We appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who participated over in the chat room and trying to uh, give us the the answers. Yeah. And, and mostly they were successful in there. And, th- and thanks for some of them for not giving the answers because I realized <laughs> that I wasn't the only one struggling with them. Yeah. Tough ones tonight. All right. 7 3. Yeah. 7 3, everybody.
because you've still got the inductor. We know the capacitor and reductor are both. Did I say reductor? What is the half-power bandwidth huh. of a resonant circuit that has a resonant frequency of 3.7 megahertz? And we can't show you the rest. We can't tell you what the key is. figure it out. You're just going to have to guess. <laughs>